0: Good morning. A vision for you. Today is Wednesday, October sixteenth, and I have an announcement regarding the member contact list. Our member contact list process at A Vision for You has been completely revised. Our list can now be found and accessed on our website, www.avisionforyou.info. That's www.a B I S I O N, the number 4, Y O U dot info by our members individually. Secure registration process is through that process on that member contact page. You can find the tab for members at the top of our home page. Please contact me, Melanie, if you find you have questions. My number, specific time is Five, four, one, nine, zero, eight, one, two, two, one.
1: Thank you. Good
0: morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kim and I am a recovered compulsive overreader. Today is Wednesday, October 16, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are going to be starting on page 97, that second full paragraph, which begins We Seldom Allow an Alcoholic. Today's readers are for the steps, Rebecca, for the traditions, Diane, and to read the text will be Sally, Sharon, Michelle, and Fran. The reference number for yesterday, which was Tuesday, October 15th, is 5310. That's 5310. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organizations, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain to recover from compulsive overeating and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, every OA group had but one primary purpose, to carry this message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of
2: Overeaters Anonymous.
0: I will now ask Rebecca to read the 12 steps.
2: Good morning. This is Rebecca, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: Thank you, Rebecca. And I will now ask Diane to read the 12 traditions.
3: Good morning. This is Diane from New Hampshire. Grateful to be here today. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thanks, Diane. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overreaders only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does not, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 97, that second full paragraph. We seldom allow an alcoholic. I'm going to ask Sally to begin reading. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for moderating this morning. So, this Sally, recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. We seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our homes for long, for long at a time. It is not good for him, and it sometimes creates serious complications in a family. Though an alcoholic does not respond, there is no reason why you should neglect his family. You should continue to be friendly to them. The family should be offered your way of life. Should they accept and practice spiritual principles, there is a much better chance that the head of the family will recover. And even though he continues to drink, the family will find life more bearable. So here we are. We continue to be reading in Working With Others. And Working With Others is all about Step 12 and service. And Step 12, we read that it's the, Step 12 is Having Had a Spiritual Awakening. And that's what we've had, and we're talking here about what we can do for this man who is still suffering and who is uh, coming to us for help, and we are in a position of doing service. And when I read this line, we seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our homes for long at a time. It is not good for him, and it sometimes creates serious complications in a family. I'm reminded that I myself have been sick for a very long time, I still am making mistakes. I still have to check my motives. I still have to uh, look at my own personal flaws. And my own personal nature in the past was to play God, to fix whatever was wrong with you and anyone else who, uh, who would come to me and um and so when i look at this sentence it's not good for him and it sometimes creates serious complications in the family i imagine that for myself i would have to really be looking at um my history of having very poor boundaries and wanting to play god and fix fix everybody else's life and um and i wonder to some extent if that is a, a very key component to enabling other people we were reading um recently in in previous paragraphs, and right across the page um, it says, he may be broke and homeless. If he is, you might try to help him about getting a job or give him a little financial assistance, but you should not deprive your family or creditors of money they should have. And, you know, it goes on to say that be sure to be discreet. Discretion was never a strong point in my past. And because I've had so many years of being in the food Discretion is not something that comes easily to me even now. Um, And so I have to look at myself. I have to constantly be looking, addressing my own motivation. And most importantly, I have to remember that when we look at these words, having had a spiritual awakening, it's very important, it's even crucial, that I remember to be prayerful about what I do, what I give, what I say. Because I have had a spiritual awakening and I have a higher power. I have a God that I can go to and I can ask, should I do this? Should I give this? Should I say that? While I still make a lot of mistakes, I can still, morning by morning, come to my higher power and continue along this journey, this way of life that's beautifully put. The family should be offered your way of life. What a wonderful way of life we've been given in these steps. Thank you for letting me share and with that I pass. Thank you, Sally. And who would like to share on the paragraphs just read? Good Morning Kim, it's Marita, may I share? Go ahead Marita. So I I love what they're saying that the family that we shouldn't neglect the family even if the um even if the alcoholic doesn't want to recover that uh, that uh, this is a way of life and I think that this was discussed uh, early on in the preface of of the big book, that this is a way of life that is um that's uh, available to everyone, that's useful to us all, we think. And um, the idea that the family can find life more bearable if they um, you know, adopt living by spiritual principles the same way that we would be trying to bring this to um, another compulsive overeater or an alcoholic. And it's absolutely been my experience that... Um, That this life, once I begin to accept things and people how they are instead of pushing against them, struggling with them, fighting with them, trying to make them different because I think my way is the right way, when I put all of that down, life really does become so much more bearable. And that's true for anyone, whether they're addicted to uh, food or not. And uh, I think that uh, it's generous and open minded that the that the that the our forefathers here are saying, you know what? This is good for everybody. Don't neglect the family. Thanks very much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Marita. Would anyone else like to share on these paragraphs? Well I'll step good. in here briefly. Um, my name is Kim and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And just to put this into some historical context, we have to remember when this book was written, there was not an AA. There was not AA meetings. What would happen is these alcoholics would, would go to doctors and, and priests and hospitals and, and other ministers and they would ask them, do you know any alcoholics? So they were approaching people through the families. So their interactions was through their families. It wasn't like today where there's an AA meeting and OA meetings all over the place where most of us are meeting people at meetings. We're not meeting people through the families. So they're talking here because a lot of times their first contact with an alcoholic is through the family. And, you know, we were told earlier um, in the chapter that, you know, um, if the alcoholic doesn't want to get better, there's nothing we can do. We need to leave them alone. But they're not going to leave the family alone. And I think that with us, you know, as the last sentence, and even though he continues to drink, the family will find life more bearable. Well, many times one of the barriers I find is that, well, you know, I want to stop eating, but my husband is a compulsive overeater, or my parents are compulsive overeaters, or my siblings, or whoever I'm living with. Well, I can't get better unless they get better. And it's letting us know here, regardless of who is around us, that this program will work for us and that we can get better. Um, So specifically talking about the family, that their spirituality, these spiritual principles will work whether or not our loved one chooses this way of life because we can find peace. But also for those of us who are in the room, if our family members choose not to get better and we are compulsive overeaters, that should not affect our recovery because our recovery is based on a relationship with a higher power. And with that relationship with a higher power, we're going to be able to handle life regardless of what people are doing around us. And with that, I pass. And would anyone else like to share before we move on, since a lot of people seem to be speaking up?
1: Good morning. It's Leah. This and is Leah. Katie.
0: We'll have Leah and then Katie.
1: Thank you so much. I wanted to focus on uh, the statement, though an alcoholic does not respond, there is no reason why you should neglect his family. And certainly the big book uh, discusses that in in its history, as was just mentioned. In fact, in the chapter, A Vision for You, uh, on page uh, 159 and 160, it talks about um, those early days and how they experienced a few distressing failures when um, trying to carry the message to alcoholics. But in those cases, they did make an effort to bring the man's family into a spiritual way of living, thus relieving much worry and suffering. And um, the gatherings that they did have um, were open to all um were open to the family members as well because aside from fellowship and sociability the prime object was to provide a time and a place where new people might bring their problems. So uh the families were also and of course that's you know that's essentially where uh Al Anon was born in the later years was this need for um, the loved ones of the alcoholics to also thread these principles and these steps through their own lives in order to, uh, have peace of mind and, uh, stability. Now, in my own personal experience, um, in the rooms of OA, it was, it was an absolute delight when, uh, family members would attend, uh, this open meeting for instance, in my, in my old previous hometown of Minneapolis. And those of us that are re- were recovered, as well as others, could extend, extend a hand and be an example of what, uh, what could be possible for their loved ones that we were freed from the obsession, that we were now uh, living full lives, that these principles, that this program of recovery had renewed our lives, had re- re- had uh, transformed us. We-, we showed them as an example through our behavior, through our words. When we would make phone calls, we did not neglect these people. What does neglect mean? Neglect means disregard, fail to care for, or give proper attention to. That may- that when I did call newcomers or, uh, you know, called people in program, and if a loved one answered, they began to know who I was. Uh, you know, my name's Leah, and uh, how are you today? You know, it was wonderful to, that you're supporting your loved one. Um, there was uh, a relationship that was developing, there was a relationship that was developing, and the family could see this way of life. Should they accept and practice spiritual principles, there is a much better chance that the head of the family will recover. It allowed perhaps for them to begin to support their loved one. It's not something you see in Overeaters Anonymous quite as much. We used to have something called OANON. I think that died out because where's the success rate in OA? (laughs) The success rate in OA isn't there. Therefore, the family has no need to support the loved one. The loved one uh, is still, you know, uh, binging their brains out for the most part. But um but in this case in the case of alcoholics anonymous obviously obviously um success was being seen and therefore the loved ones the family members wanted that same way of life. And with that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you Leia. You're up Katie. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Good morning this is Katie uh, in Virginia recovered compulsive overeater um, you know I think what this is is reiterating again is that we don't reject people just because they don't uh, follow our way of life immediately you know most people in OA do not walk into their first meeting and get absent and stay absent for the rest of their lives you know we are still investigating and trying to figure out, you know, is this really what I have to do? And so, you know, of course, if we see a family member, if we know their family, you know, we just want to be supportive. And and them learning that perhaps they're enabling is having an effect on the problem and making it worse because, you know, they continue to um, – just do the codependent um behavior is not um is not helpful
3: you know i know
0: that you know <laughs> i know people where um their family members try to sponsor them
4: you know well maybe saying
0: no i'm not going to sponsor you would be helpful so if they learn these principles then they will ultimately be helping themselves and helping um hopefully the other person um you know we don't ever it can sound so cruel you know to say no i you know i had to let that sponsor go or you know no that i'm not working with that person anymore you know it's like in my you, you can think that you're being mean and and rejecting but you know we're not rejecting in the sense that we would never talk to someone again and and never want to help them, um, but it's a um, we want everybody to find life more bearable, and that's what this is telling us is that even if you even if your' uh the family member doesn't get well, there's something for anybody that wants to have a better way of life if they follow these principles without pass. Thanks, Katie. And does anyone else want to share before we move on to the next paragraph? Okay, and Sharon, can you continue please? Good morning, thank you, Kim. This is Sharon and I am a recovered compulsive overeater and very grateful to be on the line with you this morning. For the type of alcoholic who is able and willing to get well, little charity in the ordinary sense of the word is needed or wanted. The men who cry for money and shelter before conquering alcohol are on the wrong track. Yet we do go to extremes to provide each other with these very things when such action is warranted. This may seem inconsistent, But we think it is not. It is not a matter of giving that is the question, but when or how to give. That often makes the difference between failure and success. The minute we put our work on a service plane, the alcoholic commences to rely upon our assistance rather than upon God. He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until... His material needs are cared for. Nonsense. Some of us just take, have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth. Job or no job. Wife or no wife. We simply do not stop drinking as long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. So the these, these two paragraphs really are a way to help us understand how to, how to be of service, how to be self-sacrificing because we are told throughout this book that our own
2: recovery
0: is dependent upon us being uh, we're, our work in self-sacrifice for others. This is how we grow spiritually, and and this is the foundation of our of our own recovery. And and we're told in the on the previous page, page ninety seven, uh, it 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 says that again here, the foundation stone of our recovery, and that we have to we have to be working with with people and going to any lengths to help them. It says it. It may mean the loss of many nights' sleep, great interference with your pleasures, interruptions of your business, sharing your money, your home. So we're available to do these things, and we're told to do these things, yet it has to be tempered. We don't just go throwing around uh, our giving because we can be used up ourselves and then not be available to help other people so how do we get that balance where do we get that balance and one of the things that it tells us here in these chapters is that we recognize that those are just uh, material things those are just aids those things like shelter money
2: wife those are those are are not central to our recovery. Our
0: recovery is an inside job. It comes from the inside. And people who don't get that don't get recovery. It's not about all of these outside things. And so we really, as we are going about to be self-sacrificing and to give to any length, we have to pull back a little bit and make sure that we're in contact with our higher power before we are out there just giving so that we're not giving out of self, so that we're giving through our higher power, through that conscious contact that we are developing. And though we start giving very early on, in our recovery, we we are giving by making phone calls, by listening, by calling people who have less recovery than we have, by calling old timers, and and we're we're out there. We're doing. We're giving service. We're maybe uh, seeing a newcomer that needs food or who's ill and needs help. We don't have to wait until we get a certain point in our recovery we start giving service right away, uh, doing what we can, reading the tools. If we're at a home meeting, we're actually out there working and helping other people. We can do that early on in our program. But wherever we are in our recovery, we, can always, we, we always need to make sure that we're tempering our service through our relationship with our higher power so that we're being sensitive and careful and and i i know that there's some there are people in our rooms that come in and they want recovery and and they but they have all kinds of excuses why it isn't happening for them and why it can't happen and they're not willing to throw themselves headlong into this recovery and so we need to to watch for that and be very careful, because we could spend a lot of time and a lot of our personal resources on someone who is not ready. So we want to just what, rein it in. Be very careful. Be very sensitive. Always operating out of love. Being willing to give. I've been. I know personally. I've been given so much. I have people that went out of their way to help me. And as a result, it really made me want this recovery even more and treasure it even more. And this is what we need to look for. We we don't want to give to people who are just like black holes, just sucking it in more and more and more and never getting it And until we ourselves are, and this is what I was taught, you don't give... To the point that your own program is suffering. You have, if your program is suffering as a result of your giving, it's you're not giving. You're giving something you're not supposed to be giving. Our our own abstinence, our own recovery, is something that we have to protect. And if we're giving to the extent where it's hurting us and hurting our program, we've got to let that person go, knowing. That HP is in control and watching over that person. And that person, someone else will step in and fill the gap. We are not the the only ones. We are not the end all and be all. This is a program that person will get the help they need if they are willing and able. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. And who would like to share in these two paragraphs? It's Margaret. Go ahead, Margaret. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Vision for You. It's Margaret Recovered in South Jersey. It is not the matter of giving that is in question, but when and how to give. I mean, there's so much in this paragraph, but I'm going to stick with that sentence because um, one of the things I'm learning as sponsoring is, is when I start to sponsor somebody, I get it, I try and get it right up front that they're going to need a lot of other people in their life You know, they're going to need a nutritionist, a doctor, maybe a therapist, you know, certainly girlfriends or guy friends to talk over things. But I'm going to just play one part in their life, in the beginning particularly. And that's just the point to the big book, to sit and read with them, to go through the book with them, to to give them directions as is in the book, and just to be that part, you know. Uh, Certainly, I learn about them. I enjoy their company and things like that as far as... But I got to be really careful not to get too engrossed in other parts of their life because that's not going to help them. I really need to stay very focused on keep bringing them back to the book, reading with the book, looking at the directions in the book, and getting them to move on into the directions of the book. And that is really, really helpful for me. It, it, It helps me to learn my place... And they understand right from the beginning that I'm not going to be that end all and be all. I can't be, and that that's not that's not what we're going to do. Like in here, we're we're taught we're a tour guide, you know, taking them through the steps, a pointer, and um, that 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 keeps me in humility of my place in their life, and it, it helps me to not think that I'm going to save their life because I'm not. You know, I'm only going to be that pointer. And if they follow the directions in the book, they will get recovered. That's the key. It's just if they follow the directions in the book, that is the answer. It's the answer that helped me. So it's the answer that I have to pass on to others. And with that, I'll pass things. Thank you, Margaret. And who else would like to comment on the paragraph read? This is Paula. May I share? Go ahead, Paula.
2: First and foremost, thank you, Kim.
0: I'm going to start right where it begins For the type of alcoholic who is able and willing to get well. Now well, look at those words. They're right there. A rainbow in the sky. To get well. Now this word, little charity, in the ordinary sense of the word, is needed or wanted. Okay, the ordinary sense of the word. Can I go to charity for one moment? We all know what charity is a giving of. Let me get a little bit more descriptive here. Charity. The love of God for man or of man for his fellow men, An act of goodwill or affection. There it is. God here. That's why it's not ordinary. The men who cry for money and shelter before conquering alcohol are on the wrong track. The wrong track will take you to the wrong place the right track that's the the steps through this book with God's help and those that he provides be clear here yet we do yet we do go to great extremes to provide each other with these very things hmm when such action is warranted here you go to God first we are recovered we know the steps we live the steps here we are, 10, 11, 12. Now we're 12. This may seem inconsistent, but we think it is not because we live it and we see it and we give it. I would so love to run into that next paragraph, but you know what? I'll leave that for another. Thank you. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And who else would like to comment on the paragraph read? I'd like to share. Your name? Hi, I'm Mara. I'm um, anorexic and compulsive overeater. I um, the the sentence that others have spoken about it's when and how to share. I have just experienced that so much in my own um, life. When I it's like it's it's this inside um, subtle magnificent difference when I feel it's up to me to save somebody. Um, and when I know that I am relying, that I and we, whoever I'm working with, we are relying on a power greater than myself, than ourselves. It just is a subtle, huge difference. And I've just seen the toll it takes on my own life when I think it's up to me. And I'm grateful for everybody. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Ma. Anyone else like to share on the paragraph thread?
1: Leah. Yes, Leia. Thank you so much. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. Um, how clear could the big book be? <laughs> um, you know, lack of power was my dilemma. I had to find a power. Uh, greater than myself that could restore me to sanity, and that 's certainly true with anybody i 'm working with. The whole point of this book, the whole point of joining overeaters Anonymous is to move through these steps to have that transformation from a self centered existence to a god centered existence i 'm merely uh, you know the lantern that that lights the way for someone to have their own spiritual experience on this very path that has been uh, created, the trail blazed before us. So, um, you know, it's strong words, but that is the reality, that uh, recovery has to become first. Recovery has to be number one. Not one's job, not one's pursuit of material possessions, not one's spouse. Uh, None of those things can come first. Recovery and the relationship that's being developed uh, with a power greater than oneself has to come first. We simply do not drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. So it's not me that a sponsee needs to depend on. I'm I'm there to assist. I'm there to guide. I'm there to teach. I'm there to direct. But it's all based on these clear cut directions. You know, lack of power is our dilemma. There is not um, you know a spiritual part of the program of recovery, the entire program of recovery is spiritual. There's not a spiritual part of the program. It is a spiritual program. So um, me coming in and trying to save the day for a sponsee is a disservice. It's a disservice to them, certainly, because it's God that they need to develop a relationship with. How is that accomplished? It's accomplished through the process of the steps. It's accomplished through the process of the steps where those barriers to the power that lies within them, that unsuspected inner resource that lies within each and every one of us, those barriers get removed. Those barriers are stripped away through the implementation, application of these steps where resentments and fears and inconsiderate behaviors uh, are, are examined and transformed. That brings each and every one of us into a relationship with God as long as we're willing. (laughs)
4: Uh,
1: So the dependence has to be on that relationship, not on me. I can certainly help. I can certainly guide, support, uh, cheer a person on, be there for them in friendship and love, kindness, tolerance. Um, But let's make it clear that the program of recovery requires this dependency trust reliance and dependency on god a sick mind can't heal a sick mind neither can any sponsor <laughs> no matter how uh, well equipped experienced and eloquent you know they may be it, it the dependence has to be on God it is God that saves us from ourselves it's God that takes us and 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 uh leads us out of the quicksand of compulsive overeating and and transforms us uh through a wonderful dance of willingness humility and grace can transform us uh into um you know a person who the obsession has been expelled and can now live a life of meaning and purpose. So uh, all of us have had those <laughs> times where perhaps we want to put something ahead of recovery. And boy, boy, oh boy! If we do not deal with the disease, it will deal with us. That's the greatest lesson. The 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 disease of compulsive overeating um, is is not shy. It's not shy. If, if we don't want to deal with the disease, it will rear its head. And we all learn the lesson that God has to come first. God always has to come first in our lives. It's an inside job, that relationship with God. And with that, I
4: pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leah. Who else would like to comment? I, I'm sorry. Sorry, Ken. This is Haya.
4: Good morning. This is Bella. Can I share? I heard Haya and Bella. Is,
0: was there someone else that I missed? Okay, then we'll go Haya and Bella. Okay. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Kim. This is Haya, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Dallas, Texas. Wow, I am so, so glad that there is a meeting like this Overeaters Anonymous meeting where we're dedicated to the study of the textbook that teaches us how to become recovered in order for us to then teach others how to become recovered and i'm so glad that we're spending time on this chapter and i could say ditto to what leah just said but in the interest of having another recovered compulsive eater share this similar experience i'll just share it from my words which is for many years it was about depending on a sponsor and um and then becoming that sponsor that others depended on. And um, the, the book is clearly, clearly, clearly telling us that dependence has to become on God. And in my experience, when it was about depending on the sponsor, or being the sponsor that was being depended on, the, the people didn't recover. They became dependent on me or I became dependent on them, and the beauty of going through the steps as they're written in the book to obtain the objective called recovered, because, you know, when I, you know, when you go to college and you want to get a degree in chemistry, you have to take the chemistry class, and if you want to pass the chemistry final, you have to take the chemistry class and go through the chemistry book so that you can understand the information so that you can get to the objective, which is to be able to move on to the next, Course, right? Or, or obtain the objective of passing that class. Whatever the objective is, the objective here is to become recovered. Weight loss is a byproduct of that, or weight gain for that matter. If someone's anorexic, um, that's a byproduct that is not the point. And um, it will definitely work itself out if you actually put down the food. And if you're a volume eater, you get the volume in, in, uh, you know, in, in a, in a, in a way that. It puts you at a normal weight. That's just numbers. But recovering has been a whole different ballgame for me. And what going through the process, the steps did for me, and now being able to take others through the steps. And here's the beauty of it when you take, and the work in a way is taking people through the steps. It says it in different references in the book. That's the work. And um, when we, when I was taken through the book, by the way, with a person who very soon after I got through the 11th step, um, stopped working with people and I believe um, started eating again. Hi, we lost you. Can you hit star one to unmute or hit eight? Can you hear me now, Tim? I can hear you now. Okay, sorry about that. I don't know where you guys lost me. But um, the, the beauty of going through the steps and becoming recovered, which is described in the 10th step, um, is that I get to take other people through the steps. I get to be that pointer. You know, I run around the lake on Sunday mornings, and uh, there's crews out there, you know, rowing crews. And the guy who's teaching them, who's, who's instructing them or leading them, he's in another boat, and then the the people that are rowing are in their boats. He's not in their boat rowing for them or rowing with them. He's in his boat and he's pointing to them and yelling out the instructions as to how to get to the destination. And that's, that's been my job. You know, I can't get in your boat. I can't row for you. I, I, I I can't stop my boat if you stop yours. Um, But I can point you because the instructions are there. And so, By nature, I keep going through the steps because I keep my head in the book because I am going through the book with others. And by taking steps 10, I'm going through 4 through 9 every day, 11 and 12. It's just an unbelievable experience. So when someone calls me and says, oh, please, Haya, can you sponsor me? I need you. I need someone like you. I say, you don't need me. You need God. And the book will teach you how to get there. And I can help you get there. That's the point. The point is to grow along spiritual lines, not grow along human lines, not grow along highest lines. It's not my message I carry. I carry my fear and strength and hope, and I can share that. But the message that I I try on a daily basis to carry is the message in the book because that's the only message that ever worked for me to get me to this place called Recovered, which is absolutely a fourth dimension. And I'm very, very grateful. And if you're new, stick around and keep your head in the book. Thanks
4: for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Maya. Go ahead, Bella.
4: Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful Recover Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Kim, for leading this meeting, and thank you, everybody that is on the line. Um, I want to talk about this sentence. It is not the matter of giving that is in the question, but when and how to give. This program is all about to give and to get at the same time. Now, I have to remember what I have what I want to give. I don't want to give my successful recovery story. I don't want to give my success. I want to give that my successful is a connection me and God. I want to tell and to, to say that recovery means for you for me a connection to God, how God is with me during my day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, how I bring God into my everyday life, and how I share my things with God, how God is here with me. This is my recovery. My recovery doesn't mean nothing about the food and nothing about my weight, if I lost or not. My recovery means my connection to God. And this is what I want to give. Now, what I can get, I don't want to get a person that, oh, I am better than him because I did already what I had to do. And this is a sick person that, you know, I have to, to judge him. No, he, what I have to, to remember that this person is an agent of God the same as me. And this person, human like me, has nothing to do with his willpower or it's nothing to do with his willingness. It means that he has an allergy in the body and an obsession in the mind. And I am here to be an agent of God, to listen to him, to to try to, to understand where is he right now and to understand he is an agent from God to help me to grow in my spiritual path. And this program is nothing to do about me and him. It's not I am doing and he has to follow my direction. No, it's, our connection to God, and it's like a puzzle. We need all the pieces of the puzzle that the puzzle should be completed. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how big is the part and which part of the puzzle. It's a piece that belongs to the whole puzzle. And it's, this is what God wanted, that I should meet this person, and this person should meet me for one reason— to be connected to God and to understand that God is the only one that runs our life. And thank you for letting me share, and by this I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella. And I'm going to jump in real quick. Um, there's two sentences in each paragraph, I think, they're kind of link together. On top of 98, the men who cry for money and shelter before conquering alcohol are on the wrong track. And then in the next paragraph it says he clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until, until his material needs are cared for. And, and that is, is our illusion. Our illusion is if I can manage, you know, I'm the victim of this illusion that if I can wrest satisfaction out of life, it's only I manage well. If I can get those outside circumstances to look all pretty, then I wouldn't need to eat. But why I had to looked at, what was the evidence? On a good day, I ate. On a bad day, I ate. In a good relationship, I ate. And in a bad relationship, I ate. When I had money in the bank, I ate. And when I had no money, I ate. So for those of us who are coming in and asking for a sponsor, We know that the holidays are coming up and school's just started or I need to get this this taken care of because my husband is really getting on my nerves, we're on the wrong track. We're on the wrong track because we cannot solve this internal condition by arranging our outside conditions. So as a sponsor, what we're trying to do is get them to understand that the only thing that will conquer this obsession of the mind, because the allergy of the body, abstinence will take care of that. It will. If we do not trigger the allergy, we will not have the allergic reaction to the food. But the greater aspect of our disease is that obsession of the mind. And the only thing that will conquer that obsession of the mind is a relationship with a higher power. And if you are as seriously alcoholic as I am, the only directions in any book that will allow you to get that relationship with is necessary, necessary, is the directions in this in this book. So that's why we need a sponsor. It's been so beautifully put that we need a tour guide through these pages. But that tour guide can't give us an experience. That tour guide can point out the directions, and when we apply those directions, that is what will give us that experience. <laughs> um, and with that, I'm going to pass, and we are at five of, so we are going to close the meeting. Um, and can I ask Michelle, I'm sorry, maybe three to four not. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Michelle, would you please read a vision for you starting with Our Book is Meant to be Suggestive Only.
2: Yes, thank you, Kim. This is Michelle, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order